Hello, everyone, and welcome to That's a Dumb Rule Podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Greg. Greg, today we're doing a commissioner for a day exercise. This is where you and I pretend that we are commissioners of one of the major sports uh, mm-hmm. in the United States. And we decide what rules we would change if we were a commissioner. It's pretty straightforward, but it's a lot of power, and sometimes it goes to our heads. Yes. Um, this time we're doing the NBA. Yep. So I compiled a list since last time you did baseball. I compiled my list, and you're really here just to make sure I don't go over the line. Okay, and I want to start out by congratulating you on <laughs> becoming you. commissioner for three days. It's about goddamn time. <laughs> um, and just a little quick history: the the current commissioner or the former commissioner of basketball is Adam Silver. Yes, he started in 2014 and is still the commissioner today, except these three days because Ben mm-hmm. is now the commissioner. So, yep. so Ben, it sounds like you have four different categories. Yeah, I had um, to classify some because yeah, you did a really good job with baseball where you. <laughs> ran them right. together three and three yeah and this kind of a practice has been on my mind for a little while i had mm-hmm. a couple other points that i thought i might weave in there and i'd love your opinion sure so i have a couple ones okay um my commissioner's list which is rule-based changes for the game okay i have i may be fired for this but i'm doing it anyway list i like that one okay. nba culture i want to change so that's oh, things cool. that i've noticed so for okay. example an nba cultural rule change and this is not my idea. This is a real one that happened was David Stern changing the dress code with oh, Allen right. Iverson. Yeah, so yeah. That's, that would be a so cultural off change. Off the court, but off still. Off the court, yeah. how we present ourselves, how we market the NBA. Okay. That would be a culture change. Okay. And then the final one is conversations I would have, but I'm not ready to put in stone. <laughs> okay. And this is where I'm waving you into the room to talk me down. Talk okay. me down. Talk you off the ledge. Or talk right? me up. Right? Okay. Talk me down or talk me up. And I think that this will be just a cool um, opportunity for me to kind of clear my head, and maybe this will be a therapy more than it is a commissioner run. Sounds but hey, good. the power's going to my head, man. So, <laughs> so do we want to start with the rule-based changes? Yeah, sure. Okay, so why don't you give me a few that you think would be um, either good to add to the game or remove from the game or however you have yes. them laid out? Well, let me start with a popular one. Okay. Um, I would like to reconsider and change the first round of the playoffs to be a five-game series and not a seven. Really? Yes. I think that the games tend to get a little long because the worst series traditionally are in the first round. Right. You have an eight playing a one seed or whatever. No one wants to see seven games of that. Right. Right. Nor do we want to space out the calendar to wait for the second round that much longer because that's what happens right if you win four straight you're but, waiting for but a your and next half. opponent is still playing a you know yeah another week yeah you're sitting around doing nothing and that's maybe some teams like that maybe some yeah. don't but okay keep I, going. I think we've done five games in the past they were very successful they were fun but the matchups were good and so we right. extended back to seven so i think the ebb and flow of the nba and right now we're really talent rich but I do think there needs to be some sort of adversity, some difficulty in the playoffs. And sometimes teams just don't meet that right away. And seven games is a long time to watch. Let me ask you a question on the five game then. Yeah. Would the format be the home team, the favoring team gets two games at home, then you got two on the road, and then fifth one? Okay. Two, or you two, go one. one, two, one, two, one, two, depending. Okay. I, I'm open to suggestions. Okay. <laughs> I just think that for TV reasons. Yeah. So much of the playoffs is now clipped, as is the regular season, and we'll get there, where people aren't really watching the full games. Right. And that first round's the most cannibalized by far. Yeah. So yeah. what can we do to add some intensity to this game and some 
adversity is the wrong word, and I'll get there mm-hmm. eventually here. I'm, I'm under pressure right now. Right? <laughs> you are. Um, you're the commissioner. But I think that five games is a good number. Okay. And when you're doing a play-in tournament, and then there's five games, there's more likely to be an upset. Sure. And you get through that first round quicker, yeah. and you get into the real games that people want to see, wanna that see. people are tuning in consistently to. The ratings just don't show favorably on those first-round games, okay. unless it's a really great matchup in that first round. Well, you're the commissioner, so what you say goes, and <laughs> uh, we will change the first round of the NBA playoffs to a five games from a seven to a five. Let's game. give it a shot. Okay, let's give it a shot. <laughs> and while we're there, I'm never, I've never been a fan of 82 games. And okay. I know this is down the lane. This is one thing that everybody says. The number I always hear is 67 makes the most sense. And I understand that. 67? 67. This allows every team to square off at least once per season and maintain division conferences. okay. So 67 is the number. I am totally fine cutting it by 20 games. I like that easy number of 62. Um, But that being said, 67 I can understand. I am totally against divisions within basketball. They don't make sense to me. I think it should be an East and a West. Because when's the last time oh. that you were like, oh, Atlanta made the playoffs, right. so that means Miami can't. It doesn't happen. Miami right. can make the playoffs. Charlotte can make the playoffs. Right. That whole conference can make the playoffs. Divisions never really mattered. It just <coughs> happens to be where you're located. Right. Now, playing with the conferences themselves, I would really love to talk about maybe putting Minnesota in the East and then mm. expanding in the West, right. but we'll get to that later. So, quick question on the shortened season. So, you're going from 82 games to 67. Yeah question i have is when does the season start does it start in october november i'm really glad you asked i would like it to start somewhere around december and this is where i'm going to show a bit of warts because today it's today it starts early november right or yeah it starts right right before halloween oh wow it starts way up there i my thought as a commissioner is i don't want to compete with football if i don't have to right i wouldn't either (laughs) and we own for the most part, we do very well on Christmas yeah. for NBA. Right. So let's start closer to Christmas. It's usually when viewership starts to pick up. It's at the beginning, holidays, and at the very end. And then we have these large dead zones. Right. So minimizing those dead zones is going to be huge. The only negative is our summer is mostly playoffs when people are outside. Mm, right. That being said, we're playing in the evening. It's star power. People are out and about enjoying the city life. Yeah. I loved the Fear the Deer Park. I like when people roll up for the games and are okay watching it outside and being around the arena. So there is some sort of evidence in my mind mm, as a fan yeah. that pushing it into the summer, people will show up. Summer League, people show up, yeah. and it's Summer League. Like, right. I don't know what that... Okay. I, I, I never thought, thought about getting rid of it. But yeah. I, I think that basketball being a winter sport <clears throat> is a real thing. Yeah. But football's a winter sport. Hockey's a winter sport. We have all of this competition, and... The area where we're most successful is March, April, May, June, and July. Mm-hmm, right. And then we dominate the offseason anyway. We're never really going to be out of the lens. Okay. So I'd rather put our offseason when football's winding up and then have our pinnacle be when football's winding down and be the perfect baton pass. All right. But that's my own opinion. But that being <laughs> said, I am the commissioner. All right. So shortened regular season from 82 to 67 games. Got yes. It. All right. The next one is my wild card one, and I did not know this until about a year and a half ago. Okay. I would reinstate one-and-one free throws in the NBA. So in college basketball, as well as in international basketball, if a team fouls and puts themselves over the bonus, puts the opposing team over the bonus, 
Every time a foul is committed, you get a free throw. If you make it, you get a second free throw. One and one. Yep. NBA does not have this. Really? They don't have this. I think I knew that actually, but wow. Okay, so everything's two free throws. I believe so. No matter so. when, yep. when you get fouled or you get like two that. free throws from every. I don't remember the last time I saw one and one. Wow. NBA. Okay. And so wherever I was looking, this is more of a fan pick, and I really think this is interesting too, because it makes an offensive league. It makes free throws worth something, and mm-hmm. I think when you get that extra rebound. Some of the best plays we've had in March Madness come off of one and ones, right? Yes. And it makes those six fouls that a player might have, and fouling just in general, a little more. There's a little something oh, extra there, right? Yeah. That that one and one, you're not getting that second point. You don't have that chance of redemption right. if you miss. I like it. I, I I do too. I think it's something that basketball's missing, and these players are using it everywhere else in their life. Yeah. And I don't want to say I want to turn the NBA into a FIBA game. But I had a long, hard look. I took one rule out to dinner. I, you know, I, I had some thoughts about it, I, I, about goaltending, about yeah. taking it off the cylinder. Like I really, really love that in FIBA. I think it's a really wow. interesting rule. It's an amazing athletic move. Okay. But I didn't go that way. I, I do think that the one-on-one free throw, it, although not you know as spicy as sure. the other one, sure. I do think it has a really interesting place where it could add some excitement at the end of games. When they're at their worst, when it's the longest at the end of the game. Right. And then all of a sudden it's fast forward and it's over. Yeah, then it's over. So I think it's something to consider. I would definitely throw it back in. I wouldn't be so stuck on it if it didn't work. But I think it takes certain players that are difficult to play in the last minute of the games. And it makes teams, it forces teams to put their best five out there, which is what I want basketball Mm -hmm. to be. Which is remove those big clunky centers. And although they might be gifted players... I want to see your best five, the most well-rounded five, the guys right. that can go out there and do everything. Yep. And one of those main skills is, can you come through in the clutch? Can you score some some free throws, right? Yeah. Um, so I would reinstate that. Okay. This is a big one, and I'm excited for you <laughs> to give me your So this opinion. is another rule-based change. This is. Okay. I have five of them. Okay. And this is my fourth one. Let's I promise it. this is the longest one. <laughs> That's all right. Playoff system. The team who wins the first overall seed gets to pick who they play in the round. Yes, I've heard about this, this I idea. Think, I think this would be awesome. So and I walk would, me through that. What would that look like? So I might not have to instill the five game. I might make oh, it seven. Right, right, so right. this was an either-or conversation. I, you're really looking into my nerd psyche today. <laughs> okay. But I believe, let's say... The Bucks finish first in the East, in the East okay. as they look to They're be the number this year. one seed going into the playoffs. But let's say for whatever reason, it's in the future, they have a serious rivalry with Boston, and okay. they're like, you know what? We're never going to play Boston unless it's the Western fi- or the Eastern Finals. Okay, let's take them now while they're hurt. Ooh, I let's like take it. them now. I like it when they're hurt, right? Yeah. Or let's say, for example, um, <laughs> Denver on the west coast right now or let's say for example sacramento sacramento's mm-hmm. the third seed mm-hmm. memphis is the second seed but let's say memphis just has a bad matchup they don't want to play golden right. state right they don't match up well for whatever reason at that yeah. time memphis is picking ahead of sacramento and they could say no 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 that matchup you were going to get we actually want ah, that one, right okay. so it's a way to kind of screw over a team but also <laughs> i i love the idea of well we're the number one seed we're the best team let's take on number two or yeah. you know what Memphis is the number one seed. We want Golden State. We want that rivalry, right? It, it only encourages a competitive nature because, hey, if you're the eighth seed and the one seed's picking you, you're like, 
yeah, bring it on. Let's go. Let's so, have it. Let me ask you a question about that. So the number one seed, let's say it's Milwaukee. They sure. say, you know what? We want to play Miami. I'm yes. Pick it up. Okay. That's a good one. So then would the number two seed then get pick their second. pick? Okay. Yes. They, and who's left? So, and it would go straight down. So eighth down. doesn't get to pick. Right. And realistically, one through four pick. Yeah. yeah one through much. four would pick and then you'd be done. Well, actually, one through four may not pick because they may be, one might pick four. Exactly. Right? Okay. And then they're out. Then they're out, yeah. Yeah, so you can really screw it See, up. See, that would be so fun because it's yeah. like, because as a team, you're like, okay, not who's the worst team. Who do we match up against the best? Which, yes. And we may not match up at all against and the worst team. And it gives you a reason to play for the one seed. <laughs> yes. Because if you don't like the matchup you're getting, then you can pick out mm, of it. I love that. I love and that rule. It allows for you to somewhat maintain a play-in tournament, and then you could have like, oh, well, we'll – We'll have, you know, we'll have a playing tournament, so we get an eighth and a ninth or whatever, how many teams you want in the playoffs. Right, right. And again, they move on, but they got to be picked. They got to be picked. So love it. It, it makes something interesting on that front. And I had one more point on it, and I can't remember it at the moment, but I'm sure it'll come back to me in just a minute. Okay. I like so that. So I, I really like that rule. My final rule-based one that yeah. I was really trying to play with the language because I don't quite know how to phrase it. Okay. Um, but I would do a rest management review. Okay, so you're the commissioner, and we've all heard about this the last few years, if not more, where yes. guys are sitting games, or sitting out games, I should say, for rest. Yes. But the league doesn't like that because, you know what, everyone wants to see LeBron James play in Cleveland when he comes back or whatever, you know. Yeah. But now he's on the bench all game because he wants a rest or whatever. Yeah. I'm just picking on him, but a lot of players no. do Well, it. I think of like Kawhi Leonard. That <laughs> Kawhi was Leonard, yeah, like the poster nothing. child of. Yeah. So, so, okay, so what would you do? What would you say? So, would you say every player, if you're healthy, has to play 60 games? Or what would so you do? So, I didn't go that far. <laughs> okay. I, I thought about it. And this is where I had a troubling time with the language. But what I, I took the real thing, what they have right now is they review the case of why you're resting them. And most teams make up an injury, and it can't really be proven, right? Calf soreness. Really? So what can you say, right? Yeah. Calf soreness. Yeah. You can't go. So what my rule is, teams must file and report if they are resting a player um, without injury two weeks before the game. So it allows for rest management, oh. but you need to let us know. Okay. So that way, fans can get refunds or move around. Sure. So now... It's on the team's income to get the players to play, ah. and it's not on the player and the coaching staff. Right. Um, if a team excessively rests players without cause or real injury, they can be punished. So we'd investigate them to see what was happening more extensively than they do now. They really don't do a ton. Right. The punishment can be fine or loss of pick, uh, in the Whoa. and it can affect playoff ranking. Whoa. So if you're that's steep. So I mean, if that's... you're coming in and you're not playing your players, I'm going to bump you down because I don't want you picking whoever you want. The first um, time I heard about this, this was, I think, years ago, but yeah. Pop, right, from yeah. from San Antonio, he was resting Duncan and maybe some Ginobili other guys. and Parker all at the same time sometimes. Yeah, and everyone's like, whoa, what's going on here? Are they all hurt? No, just resting them. Yep. It's like, really? I'm not crazy about that. Yeah. And I, I get why you're doing it, but again, if I limit the games... And I make the NBA game more valuable in the most part because there's less of them and you get to see less of the players. Mm -hmm. Players got to play more. And then on top of that, the seating has to be 
you know, how you determine your playoff right. structure. Players want to be higher up because it yeah. protects them more right. from falling out of the playoffs earlier. Yeah. So then what do we do on rest management? Well, your team can lose a pick, so it's on the team. Or they can be fined, which can come out of the player's pocket or whoever. Or you can actually affect where you are in the playoffs. So, for wow. example, let's say the Clippers sit Kawhi and Paul George a combined 40-something games okay. together. Right. And the injury isn't very clear. It's not well reported. We don't really understand what's going on. They did let us know, so we were able to get refunds, so no harm, no foul. But on the same side, there's no evidence of what's going on. We don't okay. have any written notices. We don't have a ton. Again, this is a really scarecrow argument. Yeah. So I understand that. Mm-hmm. But just to stand well, you're here. you're the commissioner. So. I'm just going basically. <laughs> what if we bump them down? Like, hey, you know, we've been asking you guys what's going on. Why isn't Kawhi getting better? Have you guys, is he playing this year? Is he not? And if we're getting smoke signals, we don't know if there's mm-hmm. a confusion, lack of communication. Right. And guys just aren't there. If you're missing from the product, you're going to miss from the back end of the product, which is if you're not there in the regular season, I don't want you being as prominent in the mm-hmm. postseason too. Right. So I'll bump you down to a couple seeds, you know, if that record's close. Now, if it's yeah. dramatic, I'm going to assume the players that it's worth their time. That's why I said at third, I want to get rid of the picks because if you're tanking, that's the main reason right. I want to get rid of it. Right. If you're resting players for a certain amount of time for an undisclosed injury, or calf soreness, or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. and you're not following up, right? well, we're going to drop your lottery odds. Let me ask you a twofold question. This is a really dangerous one. I'm going to get yelled <laughs> at for that one, aren't I? But no. Okay, so number one, would you say 99% of players resting is because they're doing back-to-back nights? Yeah, and okay. that's my hope is... So if that goes away, if we could yeah. magically say a team has to never play two nights in a row, would that really kind of fix the problem? Do you think? I, I would. I don't think it'd fix it because it's in the culture right now okay. that you'd rest. I, what I would love to see is like a two and three uh, situation where a team plays twice a week and then the next week they play three times. Okay. And okay. then two week, two day, three day, two and day, then, three day. My follow up question to that is: What if you, as commissioner, what if you said, you know what? There's no like. I don't know how to say this. There's like an injured reserve, right? Yeah. So if you put, if somebody's not going to play, they can't play for a week. Like you're putting them on, you know, injured reserve, right? Where it's like in baseball where you can't, like a tag, if a player gets hurt, they go on the 10-day disabled or injured reserve, whatever, right? You can't just say, oh, he's going to, you know, he's going to be on our active roster, but yeah. he's not going to play. If you take him off the roster, you can fill his spot, but yeah. he's out for a week or two weeks. Yeah. And they do something like that. It's called a 10-day contract where they can bring somebody up from the G League for a little bit. But okay. it, it isn't as common. But I get what you're saying. Okay. But can I suggest with that, can I go tit for tat? Because conversations that I need to be talked in or out of, Right. I don't know how this – again, the nerd in me knows this never would happen. But, hey, I got the power, right? You're the right? commissioner, right? Non-guaranteed contracts. Uh-huh. So you need to make ins- you need to make certain amounts – to qualify for certain deals. So in the NBA, let's say there's a max contract, which is $250 million if you stay with the team that drafted you through the first contract, and it's, a incentive, uh, it's an incentive to stay, okay. right? No one else besides that team can offer you that contract. Well, what if the incentive isn't just staying, but it's also hitting a certain number of games? Ah. Unless there's, without a reasonable doubt, like you broke your leg or right. something serious happened, yeah. um, then we need to pull back on that. Or 
we could say this. If you're not playing a certain amount of games in the regular season, mm-hmm. you're having so much post-success, right? Right. And instead of calling it like a guaranteed deal, we'll call it um, we'll call it like a market correction, right? Sure. Because of how you're playing and what you're doing, not just for the team but the league, we'll guarantee that much more. So if we're paying you $40 million a year and you're making the playoffs and you're consistently on the court for, if it's 67 games, let's say 40-something games, Okay. I'll guarantee you another $25 million because you're practicing in the game. Like right. you're helping us out. Yep. Whereas if you're only playing 27 games out of a 67-game season and then you might make the playoffs, you might not, mm-hmm. you're not a $40 million player and you're certainly <laughs> not going to be a 70 or $80 million player. I'm just making these numbers up, obviously, because right, right. the deals are a lot bigger. Sure. But you're not going to qualify to get that deal and there's nothing a team can say or do. You're You're just not able to stay healthy long enough to get full market value of your talent. Yeah. You're worthy of the amount of games that you play and what you do. Yes. And I, I think there's something there. And that's why I'd like to have a conversation about it. I'm not as certain about it. Okay. Um, but non-guaranteed contracts could be something. Because the NBA has been marching towards... Remember in the 90s, they used to sign seven, eight, nine-year deals. Right. Remember and that. now we're at the four. And now yeah. we're at the two, the three. And now it seems to be here. And even that seems too long. So why don't we just do non-guaranteed because it allows certain guys to just float and leave and then incentives will allow you to actually guarantee money and checks to come back to you. Right. Basically reversing the issue. It's not how long you play. It's how much you play. Right. And that's what the reward really should be as a basketball player. Okay. Commissioner, I'm sold. Okay. (laughs) I like it. All right, let's move on. Yeah. So your next category, this is probably my, my favorite one. Yeah. I may be fired for these <laughs> wishes, but <laughs> but hey, you're the commissioner. Whatever yeah. you say goes. That that last one I might have put in this one too, but I'll skip over it. Let's hear it. What do you got? Okay. I might be fired, <laughs> but I believe basketball needs to be cut from quarters into halves. Oh, like college does, right? Okay. The game is too long. It's 48 minutes. It runs a little over two hours and 15 to 30 minutes. It's a long game. Halves, in general, let's say, one, increase the pace and the fluidity of the game. It's easier to, it's easier to shoot, broadcast, referee, everything. Right. It increases the value of coaching, increases the value of timeouts, increases the value of play overall because you don't get as many breaks. Mm-hmm. So the pinnacle, you have to be the pinnacle, right? Right. Um, I really like time management and coaching coming back into the NBA. That timeout thing is a big thing for me. As well as you are able to maintain the attention of the viewer for longer. Again, remember, I said Ah. this is a clip-based league. Most of the NBA I watch is on clips. It's not the full game. I don't need to watch the full game. Why? Because I can watch a 15-minute quarter and then dip, and I don't have to see the full game, which hurts the value of the game because you don't see those commercials. sure. And it Absolutely. hurts the value of going to the game yep. because, again, I, I can just zip in and out. With halves, the game still needs to be played. We're only cutting eight minutes of game time, but we're making up for that with fluidity, continuity, better coaching, just altogether a more complete product. Okay. And I personally think you know that's what they do in the Olympics. That's what they do in college. Right. That's what they do in high school. It just makes a lot more sense, and I even think the WNBA plays in, in halves right now. So let me ask you this. You, you want to go from a 48-minute game to a 
to 40. two to two twenty minute halves yes. being forty minutes. Yes. Would you consider still doing the halves but still keep it forty eight minutes? Absolutely. So twenty four minute halves. I right? think it's how you divide the game up okay. more so than so the just timing. One half time. Yeah. And that's it. One half time, and I I don't love how many breaks there are. Like the first to second quarter. It, it can be a slog. Yeah. Like you're watching that first quarter and you're like, well, this is weird because so-and-so won the first quarter and then so-and-so won the right. second quarter. So who really won that half? Right, right. And yeah. then you look down at the score and you're like, well, I, I don't really know. The only argument I've ever heard against this is if you have a really good coach, they can break the game up into quarters and make it work. Mm, sure. Which is fair. Yeah. But I think that can be done in quarters as well. Yeah. And it makes on the just fly coaching all the more valuable, right. which is the best coaches we have already, right? Yes. And you still get halftime. Halftime would be a bit longer, probably. Probably. Yeah. But that being said, I think it's better viewing. I think it's more e- it's easier for me to follow a game in halves if I'm in the arena than the quarters. Okay. And then it's more convenient to televise it in halves. The problem is I'm going to get fired because halves <laughs> makes more money or quarters makes more quarters money than makes halves. Because there's more commercials, Exactly. Right? <laughs> so I'm probably going to get some serious – Mark okay. Cuban's coming in and slamming the desk. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think it would ever happen, but I love the flow of the game. I love the improvement of watching. I love the timeouts and coaching matter a little bit more because you do have less to work with, and you need to rely on good coaching. Um, if you did cut those eight minutes of play out, I'm not shy about that. I do think that the back end of the first half matters in college. Yeah. It does not oh, NBA. Oh, for sure, yes. The back four minutes of an NBA game really matter, yes. and they certainly matter in college. It gives us one more opportunity to, you want to leave it half, lead at halftime because yes. you're not getting another 15 minutes. You're right. not getting those extra bonus times, or yep. 12 minutes, excuse me. Yeah. So I, I think it's something to entertain. It's something I've wanted to see forever. I don't understand why we have quarters in the first place. I think it's something to do with timing and amount of um, shots that teams get. Sure. But that being said, I just think basketball, we want to see guys play ordinary games with extraordinary capabilities. Right, right. And it feels like an an unusual game because no one plays the game the way the NBA does. Right. And I, I think we should back off that. Okay, well, you're not going to get fired yet because this is a three-day contract and <laughs> yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. be fired. Okay, That's part okay. of the deal. So, Steve Ballmer's not yeah. going to yell at me yet. Right, okay, so, so commis- Mr. Commissioner, what's your next I may be fired, but? You know, that was the main one, and okay. then the contracts were the other. Okay. So I think right. I'm going to skip over and actually jump into my personal favorite, <laughs> which I don't know. Maybe they'll like this. Maybe okay. they won't. NBA cultural rule changes. Okay. Things that I see in the culture that I think are either really good or really bad, and we should change them because okay. it'll help the league. All right. Let's All right. hear it. First one, and I'm going to start with the youngest group. Okay. Removing the one and done. Ah, now when did they add that? So I believe it was in the mid-2000s. It was after the Olawa Candy draft, if okay. I remember right. Um, because, or you know what? It might have been even before then. I'll have to pull that up. I'll okay. have to. This is where I pulled my <laughs> guy is, into the this room. Is where your guy this comes is in. my lack in research coming out right now. <laughs> but um, Kobe was one of the last ones to come out. Kevin Garnett was one of the last ones to come out. There yeah. were a few, but up until that point, we had only had a very limited number of them, and most of them hadn't panned out, except for the couple that I named. So if we eliminate one and one and done, meaning, yeah. meaning you play one year in college as a freshman and then you go right to the NBA, mm-hmm. would it be? Two and done, you're good. Three and done, do you, are you, what are you thinking? So 
my main concern is the same thing that they had is protecting the product, right? You don't right. want to draft a guy too early. Right. But at the same time, some of these guys are ready already, right? Would you like mm-hmm. to see yeah. Victor Wembanyama? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. want to see him. Scoot Henderson. He's ready. Right. There's players that are ready, and there are players that aren't. And I think what I would like to see come out of this is kind of my little subtext is it makes teams more reliant on the draft to not just get good players, but to develop good players and create a farm system that's more widespread right. and our G League gets better because I wouldn't mind making the draft longer by another mm. like uh, okay. another round right? so that you can say, all right, you get a player that you're going to start and then you get a player, two players you're probably going to sit in the G League for two years and you treat it like baseball in a right. lot of ways where you get to develop and now... Iowa has a nice team because, hey, right. you drafted and the Wolves sent two guys down that are going to be pretty good in a couple of years. Nice. I think it just spreads basketball to a better place, but you got to take it the right way. It's kind of like fire. You know, it can yeah. warm your area or burn the place down, right? <laughs> right. And I do get worried about the product, but I think if we encourage teams to sit on them and the later in the draft or if they mark them as a developmental player and a tag, yep. I would give them a fifth year instead of a four-year contract so you get more time to sit on them. Got and it. work with them and develop them because that's the biggest thing I don't see right now is a lot of these guys, they expect them to be ready that one year out of college and to right. play. And they're still freshmen. Like that one year isn't always going to make the biggest difference. <clears throat> right. It's only one year of coaching. Exactly. So what's the difference between one year with them and one year with us? Yep. So we might as well just grab them while we can yep. because if we had a Victor Wembanyama or if we had a Scoot Henderson rather than going to Ignite, we just had the name to ourselves already, and we're like, hey, this is an upcoming star that's probably going to play in our league, right? and we already have the rights to him. Sure. That's something. I, I do think that's a win. My only thought on that is I do think NIL can swindle us. Name, image, and likeness. Yes. Yeah, and what will happen is and guys will likely not come to us anyway, and mm-hmm. we'll see kids go to college because if a kid's getting six, you know, $6 million or $10 million, let's say, right. from Kentucky— Right. And he's only going to play 30-something games a year mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of coming to us and play 67-plus playoffs, and right. that's just in the G League. Yes, yes. Who's really winning the deal? Right. Again, again, I win because I get the better player at the end of it, Yeah. but it they're, the one-and-done rule doesn't necessarily disappear. It's just gone from the rule book, but it's still in the culture in a way that people want to use it Fair enough. to maximize. So I just think it's getting more and more redundant, Yeah. and yeah. that's where I see things going. I don't know. That's me being a nerd talking into hyperbolic <laughs> chamber. Who knows? Somebody's coming hey, back. You're the commission. Um, what do you got next? Uh, lowering the max contract deals in the years that they are in place. Ah, I like that one. So right now we have Bradley Beal. He's on a $250 million max contract, which is for five years, and he's untradeable. You know, really? there's these cases. Russell Westbrook, virtually untradeable for a very long time. And yeah. now that his contract's getting lighter, it's easier to trade him. Sure. But man... In a league where players want movement, right, we can't be having these long-term deals. And I actually think teams are actually hurting themselves. The Wizards aren't any better with Bradley Beal mm-hmm. than they are when right. they signed him. Right. right, they haven't gotten any better. Right. So why are we maximizing these contracts to a point where it actually goes backwards and hurts the player exactly. for making so much money yes. that they can't advance their career to the Hall of Fame? Or it hurts our best players, mm-hmm. and it makes fans look at them and deify them almost in a way of like this guy isn't helping us. Right. He's making all this money, and we're not going anywhere. Well, some of this should actually be on the team. I actually tend to go against the team on this one yeah. of 
we just shouldn't have those contracts to begin with. And you know what? They'll go up, but they need to be going up with the salary cap. And that's just not seeming to happen right now. But we are coming into a CBA, so we'll see what the new max looks like in a couple months. For sure, for sure. Um, The NBA draft. I wouldn't mind adding (laughs) one more round. Okay. How many rounds did they do today? Remind me. They do two. They used to do 12. And they went down to two? Whoa. Um, The 1994 draft, Dan Trant was the last one to go. I believe he was in round 12. But they used to draft like Red Auerbeck would draft like the plumber's kid. Oh, yeah, it was not good. Um, uh, a USA volleyball player went, a runner right. went. Like they would just grab whoever, and they'd invite them to camps, and they would train them, and they'd see who they wanted to keep. So that's how Rick Carlisle got in. Oh, he funny. was really supposed to be a training dummy for Larry Bird, and Larry liked him, and they oh, signed. Him. I love it. Love so it. I do think there's. The league is at a point where there's so much talent. Right. And the the elephant in the room for me right now is I do think I'll expand. I think I'm going to add two teams. Okay. So let's instill a developmental league truly. And that means maybe adding a little more talent and a couple more draft picks and allowing teams to stash players. And that way you can work on them. There's no pressure. And then the best players are going to be playing. And then if you have an interest in a center that, you know, their best years are probably only going to be about five years. Right. You can sit on them until they hit that point and then put them on TV and then they can go back down and work with the next group. Yeah. I like the idea of making basketball continually continuing to expand your mind. And also, I just was reading this article the other day of Zaire Wade is playing in Africa. Right. Dwayne Wade's son. He's one of the best players in the country. He's in Africa. When we say a player's not going to make it, like we were looking up a player that you know I thought was going to go to the NBA a while ago, he's right. playing in China. Yeah, yeah, right. If we can keep our best at home and develop them into even greater, I think that's a win for us as an NBA. And then if we can't keep them at home, I'd move the development league somewhere else. I'd love to have a footprint in Europe, sure. Africa. We have a strong footprint. Put our players, you know, even if they're not going to help the league, help them where they help basketball. Right. Put them where they can help basketball. And maybe that's me standing on a soapbox, but <laughs> I, right. I would like to play with that idea. Okay. Um, but yeah, the NBA draft. And then the other thing that I had was to to go on top of the development, NBA All-Star Weekend, we should make the Rising Stars actually be like the McDonald's All-American game. Okay, I was So you ask, get to see yeah. the future players. And it's a cool moment, and yes. it takes the light off of the actual NBA players, and let's say the future. Um and to celebrate basketball and treat it like a hoop summit instead of how basketball is played in like Seattle mm-hmm. and all these places that attract all the internet's attention because these young guys are playing with pros. Right. Let's, let's own it. Let's yeah. actually take it. Let's go the and one route where they embrace street ball to their basketball. Let's own the fact that these young guys can play too. Or let's bring WW or the WNBA stars and let's play like 5v5 and mix the teams sure, up. Sure. Like let's really make it wild yes. and a spectacle and – we can talk about, I, I think, for a while I thought about just getting rid of it altogether. Yeah. But I do think it's more, let's celebrate basketball. Let's not play an all-star game anymore. I'm done with that. Fair. All right. Because I remember you did say to me one time, you think of all the major sports, the NBA it's, oh, does the worst yeah. for their all-star game. It's right? so bad. <laughs> and it really is. I mean, I no mean one the dunk defense. contest isn't fun anymore because yeah. no one of note goes in. Right. The right. three points, fine. It's not really exciting. Yeah. It's not like Larry Bird wearing his... Right. Track jack. I don't want to be the old guy in the room here. Right, right. But I, I think that it's been kind of saved by the the amount of three point shooting. Sure. But I don't know. There used to be guys that you're like, Larry averaged two threes a game, and now he's shooting thirty of them. Like yeah. I get to see that. Like, whoa, what is this? Yeah. 
So I, I think there's a lot of changes to be done. And I really tried to fix it, and I just had a really hard time. Um, okay. But why don't I move into something where we can both talk a little bit through okay. here. Conversations I would like to have, but I'm not certain if they'll pass. <laughs> okay. Hard cap. Settled every season. Teams have to make that cap. They can't go into the luxury tax. Oh. So that means if you have to break a team up, it means players go on the market, meaning talent moves naturally. Yeah. And it hopefully will take certain players out of the I'm upset, I need to move mm-hmm. on when there's only so much money you can make out there. You can't jump right. all the time because they can't pay you over the top. Exactly. So I like this idea. My only problem is players are making so much money anyway. Mm-hmm. I worry that the low pl- lower paid payers are just going to get passed around just yeah. to try to find ways yeah. to sign a younger, newer guy. Right. Um, and the luxury tax, for the most part, has worked. Yeah. It does work. Yeah. But I, I would love to see what happens with a hard cap. I, I just would. I think it'd be really cool to see some GMs work some magic. See, and I think that's um, that's one of the things that a good GM or a good uh, um, team that is managed well, they can get creative on that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that the NFL has that because – you can't just sign all the best players like you yeah. can in baseball. It's like, and, and we saw it even, I mean, every year in the NFL, you see teams having to release guys that they don't want to release them. Exactly. They're great players, but you know what? We just can't afford you this year because, yeah, you know, whatever. So, yep. Go to Seattle right. or, or go to St. Louis, Las Vegas. Let's put a team in Pittsburgh. Like, yeah. We have the talent that we can spread it a little wider now. Okay. And we've got enough talent coming at least from what we can see, we're going to be okay. Okay. Let's let's really try to spread it now. Let's right. not try to hoard it all together because when we hoard, people only get upset and egotistical and they move away. So right. let's really try to spread it out and give some more guys opportunities to be the guy. Okay. Um, but that's, again, I'm having a conversation. <laughs> I'm not passing all it. All right, Mr. Bad. Commissioner, I will not put that in ink, but <laughs> I do want to get your take on your next thing. So what, yes. what other conversation do you so want to have? So I misspoke at the beginning. I have a, I have one more group. Okay. Um, because the next rule I wanted to cut, which was about the lottery, and I just don't mm. – it's too long and windy. It's okay. too hard for me to explain. <laughs> okay. And then the guaranteed money also slid in there. Oh, the sure. The no guaranteed yeah. money was there. Yeah. So yep. this is my final column. So okay. sorry I misspoke. <laughs> no problem. No problem. This is Commissioner Ben, as a fan, wants to reintegrate to the NBA. Okay. Um, or revigorate the energy of the NBA. Okay. The NBA needs to invest again in storylines. They should actively put teams like Memphis on the same night as the Warriors. They don't have to play each other, but they should play back-to-backs on TV. Right. Set up rivalries because the teams aren't going to do it for you. Right. Right. Boston and the Lakers became a rivalry because they became a rivalry in the city's minds, mm-hmm. and then they became in the players' minds. Yes. When Bird and Magic got drafted, they played the Lakers in the morning, or in the earlier time slot, Boston in the later time slot, right? Always together, right. never apart. I love that. Yeah. And I think there's certain players you could do that with. Jokic and Embiid. Let's see them on the same night. Mm-hmm. Let's see the best of the best. Yeah. You know, let's. they used to do something similar with LeBron and Kobe. Right. Um, Durant, I would love to see against the Greek Freak. Like, let's make something of these characters because it's one of the rare sports where you really get to know these guys right. and you can really explore them. And I think, again, it goes away from 
the cliched, let's just click on the video and watch five mm-hmm. seconds, then we're done. Right. Watch the story unfold. Yes. And we'll narrate it. And we'll use these guys as figures and pawns and play them out as characters as we did in the 80s and in the 90s. You know Charles. You know Malone. Mm-hmm. You know Jordan. Yeah. You know all these guys because they're characters. Right. They're not just players. What players do we have now that you think of as a character? Maybe LeBron? Yeah. Maybe Durant? Philippe Yeah. Right. But in what story? And I would love to see them have a little more context and really build that out. I think it'd be great for the NBA. I do too. And I think you're right. When I was growing up and it was Bird Magic and then it was Jordan and all that stuff, that's that was the NBA. I mean, yeah. yes, you had many other players that were good players, but it's like it was Bird and Magic. And that when that when those two teams played, even if they didn't play, but just to see, you know, the Celtics play, and yeah. this was long before cable TV. Yeah. But it was like you didn't miss that game. It was yeah. Larry Bird, Mikhail, Parrish, all the guys, right? Yeah. It was great. It's and an epic matchup. It was an epic matchup. And I think you're right. I think when I and I, you talked about Christmas earlier. Yeah. Where it's like Christmas Day, I mean, obviously the NBA is going to match up. They usually have a triple header, yeah. maybe a quadruple header. <laughs> yeah. And they're going to match up the rivals, right? Yeah. It's going to be Boston against uh, the Pistons or whatever, mm-hmm. right? You're not going to yeah. have two teams as like, well, really? They're playing, you know? No, they so, put the best out there. So they, need, you're right. It's investing in the storylines and having, having um, people wanting to tune in to not only see the players they like, but to see the rivalry and mm. the, oh. Golden State against Memphis. Yeah. Seriously? Like, like, let's watch it. Yeah. Let's, let's, totally let's roll it out. It. Let's play them at the same time every right. night to build up the anticipation yeah. that these teams do not like each other. One of the concerns that I, I think every sport has, really, mm-hmm. is you have, I mean, the life of a pro athlete is not that long. No. And you need to constantly be manufacturing new stars, right? LeBron has certainly, you know, had a great career, but he yeah. is on his way out. Yeah. Who's coming up behind him that that the that you you know, you're not going to have a Michael Jordan. I get that. That was a once in a lifetime thing, but who are the other players? Yeah, is Jason Kurt, Tatum Steph is, be next? Well, right. Is, yeah. is Steph? I mean, Steph is he's Donchich. I, mean, I don't know. That's the problem. Is yeah. the NBA needs to say who are our stars yeah. and how are we going to market them? The NFL does a great job. Obviously, the quarterback is other stars, and they market them like you wouldn't believe. All right, get me a stamp. I'm stealing it. This is why you're this. You're my assistant. Yeah, you're my assistant. Assistant uh, commissioner. Yeah. Okay. When I'm when I'm done, I'm the David Stern to your Adam Silver. When I'm done, I give it to you. All right. Uh, What's your next one? My next one is disable the All Star Game and have it be for charity. Ah, love it. The higher the score, the more the NBA and oh. NBA Players Union will donate. Perfect. However, make each quarter different. Change the rules as they go to celebrate the history of the NBA. For example, first quarter you play with 60s rules, meaning you oh, dribble like Bob Cousy. Love it. Second quarter, only sky hooks. <laughs> that would be so awesome. That would be is, the best. This is where I was thinking <laughs> half-baked ideas. Hey, these are the best ideas out there, man. Third third quarter. Okay. Best post move post moves get rated like a dunk contest where the best <laughs> one gets extra point. <laughs> okay. Okay. So whoever's got the best book game down low, you get sure. you, we treat them like three point shots if they're like a traditional point. Right. Big right. man size up. Um where's my, I lost my place. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, fourth quarter. We pick up the tempo. We could do either three on three or five v five. However, the requirement is 
team that recreates the most historic dunks wins. Ah, Double clutch. Love it. Yeah. Yes. So you got to recreate certain things. <clears throat> okay. And so the idea is you're not going out there to score. You're going out there to perform in a certain manner. I would love to see Giannis take off from the free throw line extended. Love it. Or I love would love it. to see the double pump Malik or um, Wilkins. Yeah, right. Um, I'd love to see some chocolate. Thun- like, I think yeah. it'd be an excuse to get guys to dunk in a certain manner right. where it's not a contest. Yes. And then every time they dunk, if they do a historic dunk, we rate it on the scale of like one to four or five. That's so sweet. And the higher it is, the more points we give them. So. I, got a, I got another great idea Please. for that. Yeah. Um, I just thought of this. So this is where we put our tinfoil <laughs> hats on. <laughs> I think I think this would be actually a great thing for the All Star Game. Yeah, you can substitute while the game is going on. Yeah, like hockey, right? Okay. Now you can't have more than five guys on the court. So if yeah. if a guy says I'm coming off, he's got to get off the court. But in mid play, you can just be swapping guys in and out, fast paced. I also think having a lower shot clock, like what is it, 24 seconds now? Yeah, if we set it like to 14. 14 second shot yeah. clock. Now I don't want guys just chucking up threes back and forth. Yeah. You got to actually play the game. In fact, that might be a cool thing is to say mm-hmm. you can only take X number of threes. Well, one of the ideas I had that could be fun is the Olympics. Three on three is an official sport. Right. So I wouldn't mind having Love a that. 3v3 game. That would be so cool. Um, and cut the court in half, exactly. Yeah. So you have to play it, take it back. Sure. And then we'd make it a tournament where we would pick, you know, the top f- six guys that got all-star votes mm-hmm. get to pick their teams. Oh, love it. And so they have to play against each other. Yes. And the winner gets to pick where the money goes. Oh, Donation wise, these are great. These so are great. I, I think that would be really cool. Okay. I would love to see LeBron try to dribble like Bob Cousy. <laughs> I'm sorry. It just makes me. That's it just awesome. makes me giggle. You could even do like the old school, like the short shorts in the first yeah, quarter. I, I mean, thought about cool it. <laughs> I thought about it. I knew you'd go there though. The other one I had is I would like the WNBA to be present at the NBA All Star Game. Oh yes. And I think it would be fun to have a WNBA versus a fan game. <clears throat> That'd be fun. I think that they need to be shown off. They really do. And they're usually present in some way. Mm -hmm. But also, I think it'd be really cool to have, like, they did a Legends game and it just wasn't very good. Right. But I would love to have, like, players from the past 10 years suit up. Mm -hmm. And then WNBA players, NBA players, they all kind of play together. Or we do that in the three-on-three where you have to have a, a female player, an NBA player, and a retired player. That would be so cool. That would be really cool. I love it. The All Star Game needs to be more about the history of the game because no one really cares about the moment. Right. But it's always in a great city that's loaded with great history, and they Mm -hmm. usually bring up Jordan or they bring up Karl Malone and John Stockton was it was in Utah. I just think there's a lot of fun to be had here. Really mess with it. Yeah. Let's let's really change it up. But I love the idea of like recreating dunks instead of the dunk contest Mm -hmm. because. Mm-hmm. No one yeah. important eh, wants it's, to do it's it. Been there, done that. It's yeah. like, eh, whatever. All right, one. All right. This might be my spiciest one. This okay. is where I get a little hot under the collar. Now, just to, just to my, make sure everyone remembers, Ben is commissioner yeah. of the NBA <laughs> for three days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So whatever he says goes. They have to do it. Okay. So, yeah. Well, get ready for some short shorts with Bob Cousy. I think I'm getting fired. <laughs> that might have been in the wrong column. All right. Um, only skyhooks might be in the wrong column. Love that one. Um. <laughs> remove positions from all nba teams so as things stand right now we have this thing called the all nba team okay which is consistence uh uh, consists of two guards two forwards and a center okay every year we have we nominate three all nba teams first second and third okay traditionally this is the best 15 players in the league right right however 
players are bound to positions. So, for example, oh, I see. Who, who are the top three players right now for MVP? Jokic, Embiid, Giannis. Right. Somebody's not making first team. Right. And those are the three best performing players. I'm done with that. Ah, I see. Let's get going. rid of that. Yes. I'm done. I, I don't want to ask the question, is Luca a point guard? Is he a guard? Is right. he a forward? He's one of the best players in the league. Yeah. He's on first team. Okay. Right? I, I'm done debating this. The best 15 players should be the best 15 players. It shouldn't be, this is the best 13 players and whatever two centers qualified at the time. Yeah, yeah. I I think that's the way we should do it. Yep. And I think the first team, it shouldn't have to be a playable lineup. I think it should be, these are the guys with the accolades that were voted in as the best five, and then the next five, and then the top 15. And that way, we're always able to look back in history and say, this guy made 10 All-NBA teams, right. and it means something. Yes. Now. Versus Rudy Gobert made it a couple times. Yeah. Is he one of the best centers in the league? No. No, no he's a great defensive player, but it's because we were guard-heavy for so guard long, heavy. we couldn't get everyone in there. Right. Let's get rid of that. I'm, yes. I'm done with that. Let's get the best players to represent, and let's let them get accolades as best players. I'm done with this center thing. Joel Embiid or Jokic, no, let's put them right. both in there. You know, I don't want to be Fair that enough. guy that's like, everyone gets a trophy, but yeah, no, right. no, no. I don't want yeah. guys that don't deserve a trophy getting a trophy. Got I want it. the guys that deserve it to get it and be remembered for that. Love it. And who votes for that, by the way? Do the players? Reporters. Or reporters. Yeah, like reporters generally okay. do. Okay. And then other NBA people. Um, <laughs> Got it. But there's been a lot of debate about that, and I just can't stand that one. Yeah. I don't get why they do that, hmm. especially when so many of your guys are forwards. Right. You can't fit everyone in there. Right. Yep. All right, final one. I final promise. one. All right, Mr. Commissioner, what do you got? It's a really unpopular one. Um, <laughs> I hate, hate that the awards are named after players with the exclusion of the Bill Russell Award. This past year, they named the MVP, most valuable player um, of, the, of the league, after certain players. And I'm going to pull up a list for you. Okay. Because I'm going to guess... You don't know which one is which. so let, okay. And I don't know which one is which. Okay. But there's like a Michael Jordan MVP award. Let me pull it up. MVP, or excuse me, NBA awards. Wait, so there's more than one MVP? No. What it is now is every award got renamed after a player. So, for oh, example, I'm trying to so find like the, the best defensive player is... Yeah, so... Yeah. I, sorry, this is the problem I have. I, I can't find any of them because they're so unpopular. No one uses them. Um, but it would be like, oh, come on. Now I'm embarrassed because I can't find them. I should have just written them down. So the Bob Cousy Trophy, the Wayne Embry Trophy, Willis Reed Trophy, Chuck Cooper Trophy, Walter A. Brown Trophy, Oscar Robertson Trophy. Wait a minute. These are all like these awarded are at the end of yep. every year? Yep, yep. Um, and then we have the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Social Justice Champion. I would keep that one, actually. Yeah, it's like the Walter Payton Man of the Year. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And then we have, like, the Jordan Trophy, which is the MVP of the year. Like, we have these trophies that are named after players, and they're so unpopular, that the NBA just buried them. They don't call them by the full names. When you're on the TV, when you watch on TV, they never call them their full name. And really? I want them gone. The only one I really want to keep is Bill Russell and maybe Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Okay. Um, but I think the social justice champion should be kind of out there. And yeah. I think Kareem should present it. That would should be, be cool. the face. Yes. And I like that it's his name. Yeah. But 
it's the same reason that I love having um, Bill Russell hand out the finals MVP. Yeah. Right? It, it's right. just one of those things. So I, I hope. So you're they not don't in favor of these. I, I names. just don't like yeah. naming them after players because right. eventually there's going to be players more worthy of certain right. players for these trophies. <laughs> and then who are we hurting? Right. 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 Um, I, yeah. I just don't like, you know, I don't want Red Auerbeck to have a trophy, not because he's not great, but yeah. Greg Popovich is going to come up. And then 30 right. years from now, so-and-so is going to be like, right. why doesn't Greg Popovich have this? Yeah. I, I yeah. just think it's a dangerous road to go down. I don't like that they have trophies. I, just MVP. I I have a whole other discussion about how we vote for MVP, <laughs> but we're not going there today. All right. Get rid of the names. No All one right. cares. It's rookie of the year. It's not so-and-so's rookie of the year. Right. It's rookie of the year, yeah. coach of the year. Keep them organic, keep them accessible, make people know what they are. Because right. most folks don't know who Sidney Moncrief is, right? Right. Like, they right. just don't. Yeah. And he's a great player. Great player. But and yeah. I hope he's honored enough, but it, it doesn't have to be in a trophy where people are like, who's that? Yeah. Well, I don't get it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I agree. So I agree. Yep. that's that's my final note. But uh, is there anything <laughs> that I might have missed that you're concerned well, about? Let me throw a couple curveballs at you. Please do. Number one. God knows this is going to go well. <laughs> Number one, should the NBA expand yep. or detract or stay the same? I, I have think, 30 teams now. Yeah. Right? Uh, 32, I believe, actually. Okay. Um, <clears throat> no, I think you're right. I think it 30, is 30. Yeah. Uh, I, I really... You see, I'm on the fence because I don't love certain teams and their locations, but there are teams where I go, that fan base has just proven too much to me. Oklahoma City, they sell out. They do good. Okay, fair um, enough. You know, and, and the thing is, I didn't believe in them, and now I do. I do think Vegas is going to get a team, not because they want it right away, but LeBron wants to own the Vegas team. Oh, he does, okay. And then Seattle wants a team again. Right. And people have said Vancouver should get a team again. Mm. I don't know if that's the case. They do have a good fan base up there, but a lot of players yeah. just don't love going to Canada. Right. I, I would love to see those two join, and I'd probably move Minnesota over to the east, and yeah. then I might even move one of the Texas teams just to split the market. I know we've had this conversation before where if you divide them up by market, sometimes you'll get more of other right. teams. Right, right. So, if you're going to split and move somebody east, even though Texas is seen as the Wild West, right? Mm-hmm. At least market-wise, if you moved, let's just say Houston as right. an example. Right. If you move Houston over, then everyone in Texas doesn't just get San Antonio and Dallas and the whole west. Right. They also get the whole east, too. Right. And they get them often. Yeah, good point. And yeah. those teams are visiting multiple times. Right. And they're not just getting three teams that are playing the west four times a year. Yeah. So I, I think That's that would true. probably be the way I go immediately. Okay. Or I would just add a, a team in St. Louis, and I would have to pick between Seattle and Las Vegas. And if I had to choose between the two, Vegas Seattle? makes more sense oh, right now. Oh, Vegas does. Okay. Because more people have interest in investing yeah. in it. So two questions. Number one, will the league be too watered down if you add teams? I don't think two will do the difference. It's three or four I worry about. That would worry about it. Okay. Because I do like that so many teams are dangerous. Okay. I really do. But there's a lot of great players right now. It's the best and most deep league we've ever had. Yeah. I mean, every year I feel like we have got a couple different teams at the top. We're like, hey, this is Jokic. Is, he's a killer, man. Okay. You know, Giannis, freak, freak. LeBron's still playing. KD is still a factor. Yeah. All these guys are so good. My big question is I don't really think – we're able to have a serious conversation until we figure out the cap okay. and how we figure out how we pay players because right. the super teams make the league what it is 
And if you add too many teams, you lose the identity to actually go have a super team. Right? Okay. Steph Curry, right. Clay Thompson, Draymond Green captivated the league. You know, the Heat captivated the league. OKC captivated. Lakers captivated Shaq and Kobe. All these teams, they go back as far as you can count. You want superstars to team up with superstars eventually. Right. Um, so you want to make sure that they're still available to you. But I think there's plenty of talent out there. I mean, okay. just looking at some of these playoff teams, it's just amazing. All right, Mr. Do. Commissioner, we just got a fax in. A fax? A fax, yeah. They still do that? Yeah, they do, yes, believe oh it or not. God. And we got two of them. One was like from Doobie the mayor. Hauser. <laughs> one was from the mayor of L.A. Okay. The other one was from the mayor of New York. Ooh. And they both said the same thing. They said, we want to have a third team in our market. Can we do that? We have, we have 20 million people here. There's plenty to go around. I Can think we New York it? has to talk to Brooklyn a little while longer because okay. no one's showing up to those games. They have good attendance, but no one's a fan of the Brooklyn Nets. Well, that's because they're 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 the they're the schoolyard bully of the NBA, right? Yeah. I mean, well, but, and it's a Knicks town. It just is. Okay, right? Fine, but so is the, it's a Laker town. But the yeah. Clippers are fine. they do well. So can we add teams to? Well, in fact, that matter, can we add a second team to Chicago? I, I know would, it's a Bulls team. I, I love the idea of having a second team in Chicago. I okay. really do. Okay. Um, I might have to hang up on both of them. <laughs> you can't hang up on a fax. You have to fax them Oh, back that's right. We're faxing. Say, Screw you. I, forgive me. That outdates me. Um, <laughs> I, right. I, I might shoot him a fax and just be like, you know, you got to get in line now. You okay. got a couple other teams that are interested. If anything, I, I would really be interested in just relocating the nets of all teams. Ooh. And I wouldn't mind putting them somewhere else. No, they were else. in New Jersey. They were, and they didn't do well in New Jersey. No, they're in New York. Where and they've they got go? a great center. Yep. I would be interested in seeing St. Louis have a team. Okay. Because historically, they've always been a great basketball town. Right. Two of our best top 20 players are from St. Louis, right. Bradley Beal and Jason Tatum. Yeah. It's a great town for basketball. Okay. And it's right in the center of the country. It kind of unites that core basket where basketball's not as played as often, mm-hmm. right? right. Um, where the Jayhawks and college basketball dominate. Yeah. There's a market there. But that being said, I don't think the Nets will ever leave Brooklyn. I think that they're there. I think two teams is enough for a city. The state, however, very different. There's four teams in California. That's a there lot are. of basketball. Well, there's 40 million people, too. Yeah, I mean, and then... I mean, when you look at New York, you have Boston, you have Knicks, yeah. you have Philly. You they're have, all right there. They're yeah. all right there. And then on top of that, you have college Washington, basketball. Washington Wizards, right? The Wizards are there. Yeah. yeah. I look at Chicago as the most obvious double it up. Okay. And then... Let's do it. I think that's the one. And then if I got Chicago, the dream would be Chicago and Seattle get a team. Okay. Because then you don't have to move anyone. Right. And then I'd get rid of the divisions, and that doesn't affect right. the number just two conferences yeah. east and west boom that's and it. then you can go down the line you're like okay if we're rolling really well vegas and then st louis get a team <clears throat> and right. that way you're able to split it evenly in growth but i know chicago's market is starving for a good team because yeah. whenever i'm in chicago right. all they do is complain about the bulls right so <laughs> right. I, I love that idea and when i'm down in chicago listen if, i see so okay. many bucks jerseys it's not really it's sad yeah, yeah okay tell well next time you're in chicago and you and you Run into a disgruntled uh, Bulls fan. Oh, it's not hard. <laughs> I 
I was tell in them, the airport. Tell them, dude, you guys won like six championships in eight years. Yeah. Like, shut it up. <laughs> it's like you have nothing to complain about. Yeah, well, they're looking up north and they're just like, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's yeah. 2.7 million people in Chicago, the city alone, and then there's 77 boroughs around it. Wow. I mean, it's, they, 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 it's a they massive have the, market. They have the, the people to support a second team, no question. And if they you could, get a winner, yeah. if you can get some decent 500, I mean, the Bulls still fill out. And they're not yeah. as beloved, you right. know, in the same way that they they were, right? They don't right. love the team they have right now. I think you could throw a team there. I, you know, I I don't want to be biased here, right? But I've always been fascinated by a t- another team in the South, especially mm. along the line between Kentucky and um, Nashville. Oh, okay. Just because there's so much interest in basketball sure. there already. Yeah. Memphis is there though, which makes it a tricky spot. Yeah. Um. And then the Pacers are on the other side. I just have always had an interest in that market with basketball because it's so strong for such a small market. They show up for their games, mm-hmm. and they're really proud of it. Same with the Pacers. They show up for their games. Memphis shows up. Like There's something really loyal about that area that I think if you put up shop, it'd be like OKC. Yeah. But it's tough. I, I mean, Washington, I wish they were better run. That market is so good. Maybe you move that team to Baltimore, maybe. You know, and you and you go to an area where more basketball players are coming out of. But right. I actually think the NBA, out of all of the leagues, has some of the best placement out there. Okay. It's just Chicago. Sure. It's that one team where I'm just like, man, I, I could see them having two teams. Yeah. But, I mean, we they've got so much more around them. It's fortunate Milwaukee has a team. It's fortunate we have a team right. in Minnesota. It really is, yes. You know, and that we have three G League teams right around us, and Michigan has a G League team mm-hmm. in state. Yep. You know, Boston, their team plays in Maine. You know, yeah, they, right. We're very fortunate to keep a lot of our stuff here in that so much of our facilities are new and, and good. Yep. All right. Well, Mr. Commissioner, I like what you're saying. Let's let's put all this stuff in you know in print and we'll <laughs> yeah, do let's, it. Let's fax it. Fax let's it see over. what happens yeah. to the guy. I don't know why I said Mark fax. Cuban doesn't like that you're faxing it. He said it could have been a text. And I was like, I don't know. I send an emoji via fax. <laughs> Well, thank oh, you for letting me nerd out yeah. on this one. It's it's always fun to dive in, and I feel like there's more out there that I would love to review. But honestly, I think mm. this is the shortest I can keep it for now. <laughs> okay. Well, we we'll revisit this you know, yeah. maybe next year, and, and you who know. knows? We might have to revisit all of the games after yeah. we see another year go by. For sure. For awesome. sure. Well, awesome. Well, any parting thoughts before we head out? No, I think that's it. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to get in contact with the show or listen to past podcasts, visit our website at that'sadumrule.com. Otherwise, tune in next time for another dumb movie.